Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and today Ben and I are going over everything that the head of YouTube said on a recent podcast. Um, We're going to break down everything that's coming in the future of 2024 over at YouTube, things that you should be paying attention to, things you shouldn't be paying attention to. And Ben has some really good tips that he is giving you all because Ben is incredible at YouTube and he's got a lot of insight as a YouTube creator. Also, we had to record this over two separate days as we had some internet connection issues. So please be mindful of that if any of the sound is a little bit janky. But that is all. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you all soon. Hello, hello. Hello, Benny boy. How are you doing? I'm great, Mackenzie. I'm here in uh, in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Do you explain why you're in your car? Yeah, for anyone who's just listening via audio. I mean that literally. I'm sitting in my car right now (laughs) because there's construction going on where I'm staying and it's incredibly loud. So for your benefit, I am sitting in my car. It's pretty warm, so I might have to open a window (laughs) at some point, but right now we're good. Yeah, I think everybody in the world besides like Australians and Kiwis are jealous of the fact that it's warm because it's absolutely freezing everywhere else. So you're lucky. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll take it. It was pretty cold. It was unseasonably cold here in Florida for a bit, but now it's coming back. So yeah, I won't complain too much. There you go. So we are going to actually highlight something that you've talked about on our YouTube channel recently. Basically, there was an interview that the head of YouTube um, did recently, and Ben has a really nice breakdown over on our YouTube channel. But we're going to kind of do the biggest highlights of that today. But before we get into that, we're going to do a flicks tip. Boom, boom, flicks tip. Boom, boom, boom. I think I need to add more to that today for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I liked it. I liked um, it. it was good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I'm actually have a tip today for everybody. So Instagram has now recently introduced a new feature as they're always doing, it seems like. But the new feature basically lets you create a post or create an Instagram story And you can tag a friend or a business or a brand in that story. And what they can do is actually approve that story and post it on their own story. So for any content creators out there who are creating UGC or sorry, user generated content for a client, this is a great way for them to get instant approval and to quickly upload that content onto their story. So you can start tagging people, you can start tagging your friends, and it can be a really good way to cross-pollinate your content. So that is something that they recently introduced, and I think it's a great feature to have, and it's a really good feature for content creators to really utilize at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I think the collaboration features just make a ton of sense because that way there's some mutual benefit to everyone involved. And Always, let me know with Instagram, if you use features early, there's usually a benefit to it as well. So absolutely great tip. Love it. All right, Ben, you are on today, my friend, because you have got some super hot gas from the head of YouTube. And do you kind of want to do, I don't know how you want to structure it, but kind of do some of your favorite highlights from this interview, kind of talk through who the head of YouTube is and what this interview really was. Yeah. So how I think we should approach it is we'll go through the interview. And then at the end, I want to give some extra tips for anybody who wants to do YouTube this year, because 
I do think that some of it is, is pretty top level and people struggle with that when it's not specific to the situation. So I'm going to try to give more specific situational advice. But for context, the interview was on Colin and Samir, which is a very big creator economy podcast and the head of YouTube, who is a recently appointed head of YouTube, I think within the last six or seven months. So he's still new to the game in terms of that position. And he came on the show to talk about the future of YouTube, growing on YouTube, monetizing YouTube, shorts, all of that good stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about today is the key highlights. And then if you want to hear a summary of the actual podcast, it's on our YouTube channel. We've taken down the, I think it was like two hours, something crazy like that. And we've cut it down to yeah. like 30, 40 minutes of action packed stuff that's actually needed and, and cut out all the fluff. So if you want to see that, that's going to be linked down below, but we're going to run through it here as well. Perfect. So to get started, will you kind of explain what you learned from this this interview and what was, you think is the most important extractions? Yeah. So one of the big things that was discussed a lot was AI and the role of AI-driven content and the need for them to improve their system in terms of flagging content that is either taken from other people or f potentially start tagging content as AI-created content. There's a lot of things discussed here. And so YouTube specifically for their content tagging system in terms of flagging uh, stolen content, he seemed pretty comfortable with their current system. But with how things are going, I don't think that's going to age very well. I think they're mm. going to have to adjust that. And I think it was one of the coolest things was actually brought up by Colin and Samir. And they mentioned the fact that they think it's going to be a necessity because they've seen their own content be stolen. And they actually were involved in a deep fake ad. And so... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and so their, their specific idea was to think about how there's got to be some sort of flagging system to own the IP of either your likeness or your voice. And that way, if it's posted from somebody else's profile, you'd have to approve it. And I think that makes a ton of sense. I think that's something that's probably going to have to be created. The tech isn't there yet. That's probably the biggest fundamental issue. But it is absolutely right. a conflict because deep fake tech is getting absolutely crazy. So that was a, a big thing. And then in terms of where content is going from an AI perspective, the head of YouTube said what I, what I agree with, too, is that there will still always be a place for actual human beings like creators and so then the natural question is okay well, like if it gets so good how do you even tell that's where i think they're gonna mm. have to differentiate between ai and like human driven content i think there'll be a tagging system like when you watch a video say on instagram or youtube in the future i think it'll say like ai or or it won't do, you know what i'm saying that that's how i see it i find that really fascinating because they just released the ai music feature where they can actually take extractions from actual musicians and creators can create their own songs yeah. and th i feel like to me but again i think a lot of these musicians actually donated their voice to this project mm -hmm. but i feel like there would have to be something with that as well where obviously ai content is getting growing more and more each year and every single second it seems like each week there's something new coming out about it yeah. so it's just like where do you draw the line where do you when do you start putting these like flags up and I just, it's kind of hard to even think about how quickly this is all evolving. Yeah, it's definitely new problems. And so naturally, we don't have solutions to problems that we aren't even privy to or, or aware of yet. So I think that at least we knew from that, that they're, they are aware of what's coming or what's thinking already about it. here. Yeah, and they're thinking about it. And they actually are involving creators. One of the things that I loved to see was how open he was to hearing from Colin Samir, who actually live and breathe this stuff. Because even though 
you say you're really in touch with creators, you're still an executive at a company and don't really make content. So it's like, you don't actually know. So uh, I love that he was actually very receptive to hearing their recommendations. So that was the big focus when it came to AI from a pure content perspective. The other things that they talked about was incorporating and building in more AI driven tools to help with your optimization process. And we can talk about that next if you want to. Yeah, absolutely. So is it tools as in just like insights? Or I know that there's like AI thumbnails now, there's little features that'll help you with writing your actual bio, like the information underneath your post, things like that. So what other tools are they including? So they they talked about potentially building out a bunch of different tools, depending on application. One thing that I actually thought was really cool was the ability to make videos a lot more interactive. And so as a YouTube premium subscriber, I actually got access to the beta of this feature, which is they're going to try to make videos more interactive. So say if it was like an educational video, they would then then be able to create a test or like the AI would even be able to create a test about the things that you just learned. And so I think that was really, really cool that like you could test your knowledge on something that you learned or it could be a game related to if it was more of entertainment based things. The applications are potentially endless with AI. But I thought that was really cool from an education perspective in particular, because when people feel better about what they're learning, they're going to learn more of it and likely spend more time on your content. So I thought that was really, really cool. Absolutely. So I noticed other features that they've been kind of introducing and offering recently has been the AI thumbnails. That's become such a massive thing that they've been doing. And then there's even AI information or like you can put in a keyword for your show notes. And it'll help write the, those show notes for you. Is there anything, have you been using any of those tools? So they're very region specific towards what you have. I mm. still don't even have access to basically any of them yet. Okay. So <laughs> Canada gets everything last. And so even when I'm in the States, they still think I'm Canadian or yep. in Canada. So we just get screwed all the time, every <laughs> time. But it, it's what's coming is the ability to split test with AI, different thumbnails. That's what I'm most excited for. But one thing I found fascinating for any YouTube potential YouTube nerds or current YouTube nerds is that the metrics they're using to determine what's the better thumbnail is actually watch time, not how many people mm. clicked it, which I found kind of fascinating because that's kind of a selfish metric because YouTube cares about that more than yeah, like, but obviously they know that they have the data more than we do. So I just found that really interesting that you'd think that it would lead to the most correlated metric, but they're actually assigning it to, to how watch long time. people. Interesting. Yeah, so I found that really, really interesting. I'm sure there's a reason behind it that they'll probably disclose in a, a blog article once they mass release the feature. But that's one that I'm most excited for out of all of them because that is the biggest differentiator when it comes to YouTube. It's the hardest thing to get right as well. So I know that we, even within my agency, if we had more opportunity to split test things, it would make our life so much easier. And then you can also set it to just automatically pick the winner with AI. So that's pretty cool. So do you think they're going to be rolling out an a feature that like helps you kind of A-B test actually the title. Do you think the title really matters or is it mainly the photo that matters the most on YouTube? It's the combination of the two that matters the most. So I do think that, I think within the existing feature, you could, I think you can swap the title. I'm not, I'm not 100% certain okay. that maybe you, maybe you, maybe it's just the thumb and then just the title, like you have to do one or the other, but the title absolutely matters. It's the combination of the two. It's, it's, because a lot of people get so fixated, like, oh, thumbnails matter the most of course they do but if you had the best thumbnail with a horrible title it doesn't have the same effectiveness it's the combination of the two so i think that that will likely become a feature if it's not already in the very near future 
And what kind of other features are you hoping that they kind of release with their AI products next or this coming year? Because it is January. <laughs> I think beyond that, I, I don't know how much more I'd want from an AI perspective, unless they maybe had built a tool to give you make make, make B roll more accessible. But there are also other tools out there that are that are tackling that problem. So I don't really think they would need to do that unless they had more of an integration. So, so I think that's that's all I would say about on the AI tool front. One thing that I found that was really interesting was that. Colin and Samir asked about community-driven platforms or course hosting, and why don't they just do it on YouTube? Mm-hmm. And YouTube said they're completely okay with people doing that off-platform. They just want to focus on content, which I was kind of intrigued by because that's a growing sector from the community perspective and courses. Yeah. I guess it's a multi-billion-dollar industry, so I was kind of surprised they didn't want a piece of that pie. That may change as they see these things grow. <laughs> but yeah, right now, they said they're focused on just delivering the best experience possible. So what other things did you learn from the interview? We talked about AI insights. We talked about how they're going to start maybe hopefully needing to label AI products. So one of the coolest things that I saw that them talk about was the ability to use AI to make videos a lot more interactive and to leave people with takeaways that feel them, allow them to feel far more immersed with the content and what was talked about. So if let's say it was an educational video. AI could potentially provide some sort of test or like a quiz or a recap game of what, oh, they, just, of what they just watched. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's something that I thought would be absolutely crazy because, and especially if you're, say, if you sell a product or service, like if you could further educate and ensure that people actually walked away with the information in a way that was done in a fun way, like that would be absolutely crazy. And so I'm part of, I pay for YouTube premium. And so they're rolling mm-hmm. it out in a beta program just to YouTube premium subscribers right now. So I just opted to be in that, but they haven't started it yet. So as soon as they do that, I'll start talking about it in uh, in the pod for sure. I'm curious because obviously people who watch your videos all the way through, those are the t- type of people that you want, or you know, are going to be your leads when it comes to like any sales that you, any product that you're trying to like sell. Mm. And I'm curious if they'll dig in even further than that and make those people who take the quiz or take the poll or anything like that at the end, if you can actually get those people's information, because those would be really good leads for any product you have. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I think what YouTube's doing it is to further sophisticate their algorithm. They're super big on, I forget the the exact terminology they use, but like quality or enjoyment of the view and they use all these different metrics to determine that and so they usually think that the biggest determinant factor is how much you watch but also if you've noticed on youtube there's little surveys of did you enjoy that video saying yes or no that actually weighs incredibly heavily in terms of what future videos will be recommended to you as well as similar people to you and so i think this is kind of the next evolution of that because if you get someone to also participate in a game or a quiz that clearly shows they were quite interested and invested in the content. And so I think that'll only further sophisticate the recommendations. Absolutely. That's really fascinating. I think it would be something that's really beneficial to most content creators, especially when I know that we use it on our own channel, having like little polls that we always throw out there and kind of just transitioning those into a video, I think will be massive and really help with engagement and making sure that your audience is engaged in what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's super cool. And the fact that if they could make these just on the fly and actually be good, that'd be insane because the AI could read through the content and then think about the context of what this is and how to further the learning. The applications there are, are, are truly crazy. So I'm really excited to see how that comes to be. Absolutely. And what's another thing that you were really interested in seeing 
kind of developed this year? So they talked a lot about shorts monetization, which is a huge mm. point that I really want to talk about here is the fact that they do want to get to a place where it's realistic and possible to make short form content and, and focus on ad revenue to making this a full-time living. So for anyone who's new to the YouTube world, there's a lot of YouTubers out there that make a good chunk of their money directly from YouTube through their partner program, where they give a percentage of the ad dollars that YouTube makes directly to the, the creators whose videos the ads are on. The problem with shorts right now is they really haven't solved the problem of having good ad products for companies and businesses to buy to advertise in a short form way. So there's just far less money to go around. So as someone who runs a bunch of channels for myself and clients, shorts views make almost nothing. Like I have, I have some channels that are getting like tens of millions of views in shorts per month and it's making like under $200. Well, that's really interesting because remember when they first rolled out shorts, they were talking about like 50% of ad revenue was going to go to content creators on shorts. Then that may even be true. They just may be speaking to how little people are advertising there. Yeah, right. So which is a massive mess. <laughs> it's a huge problem that needs to be dealt with. And I'm sure that's one of their huge factors. They're trying to do that. And there's been different approaches to this. Like This is why TikTok's now entering the long form content world is because this is the biggest issue with short form content. It's it's really yeah. difficult to monetize when people have the attention span of gnats. And so the, the, the few potential solutions they've had in the past was creator funds. So a lot of the platforms have had like a fund where it was divvied up based on performance. And the head of YouTube said that that's not a sustainable way to grow. So they're trying to solve the problem from their point of view to then have mm -hmm. more money to actually give to creators. And so they need to figure out the ad products that they can actually make for short form content. That's the big focus for this year. And that makes sense because obviously we all have seen that YouTube shorts are, are out of control at the moment. Like it's one of the biggest things that we have out there in short form content. I know that like I have friends out there. I have my partner. He's always on YouTube shorts. And it's just one of those things that's always, I feel like, is running in the background even more so than TikTok recently, which I've been finding really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. I think people just consume so much content that the level of investment is, is a lot lower. So it's, it's hard to get all the benefits that come from advertising on YouTube on the short form content. I'm very confident they will solve this problem, but it's, it's a problem currently. And you said that you had a couple other ones that you really wanted to highlight in this episode. Yeah. So the one big question that they talked about was, do subscribers still matter? And that is something that <laughs> people focus on, especially on YouTube. It's the one of the biggest vanity metrics that people are obsessed with. I'd say even more so yeah. than followers, probably. But YouTube was really the first platform that started to go away from that, where they didn't start, they stopped showing all of your subscribers, your videos. Right. And so that that numbers mattered less and less over time. And so he gave a very political answer saying, of course, it still matters to a degree, which <laughs> obviously it does. But, yeah. but I think it, it more so speaks to people's consumption habits now is that they're far less likely to subscribe when they know the algorithms are going to continue to feed them this content. And so he instead just said, if you want these things to happen, the depth of the relationship is what's most likely to make that happen. So going deeper with your community and, and, and nurturing that in different ways, whether that be a paid community, free community, leveraging uh, community tab within YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things to really get those touch points because so back in the day, the marketing rule used to be you need seven touch points with someone to get them to buy. And so if you take that application and put it towards social, how many times do people have to see your content and enjoy it to subscribe? That number is probably incredibly high now, right? And, yeah, and, and with the exception of like very specific problems that would create that number way lower. But for general entertainment, that number is probably massive. Yeah. And so it's really about depth 
I'm trying to think of the last time I subscribed to somebody on YouTube, and it's been years actually, because I just search for the people that I want to watch their content. There's two reasons why I ever click subscribe. It's either a very specific problem that I have trouble finding similar channels for of solid mm -hmm. information. That's the one one. And then the other is if they post very timely things. So for example, oh, I invest yeah, yeah. heavily into crypto. And so a lot of that is very news driven. And so there's yep. a few creators that I subscribe and turn on the notifications because yeah. <laughs> I know that timing matters. Absolutely. I think like, because most of the stuff, like most of the content that I consume on YouTube is usually related to food. So it's people who either travel the world for food yeah. and they're experiment, like they're showing off different restaurants they've tried, or it's somebody like Maddie Matheson, who yeah. is a cook. And like, I watch all of his like crazy YouTube videos because I think they're funny and I really like his content, but I, I don't know why I don't subscribe to him. I just don't. I just search for him. Yeah. It's just the way things have gone. First of all, Maddie is, is from uh, pretty close to, to my hometown. <laughs> yeah. So uh, shout out Maddie and uh, he's great, but you're dead right. I think that's just how consumption has gone. And so if you do want to tailor your experience and take a little more control over what you're consuming on YouTube, use your subscriptions to your advantage and, and the notifications to your advantage. All these different things that you can give to YouTube to tailor your experience means they don't have to guess as much and it gives you yep. a little more power in terms of what you're consuming. Absolutely. I'm going to start subscribing. Maddie, I'm coming for you. Sorry that I never subscribed before. You're welcome, Maddie. I just got you a sub. Man. <laughs> but it, it's so silly because a lot of brands, this is how I know we're still early on social is the fact that like brands, when they reach out to creators, because I've had this happen to me they pay based on subscriber number and that's such a dumb way to do it but yeah. it shows that like people still don't get that it doesn't matter that much so unless like people are turning on the notifications it, it doesn't even really change anything that much it could slightly increase the chances that you show up on a home page but if people are clicking your videos consistently they're equally as likely if not more so to be shown your videos absolutely i mean when mm -hmm. i've worked with influencers in the past and i've done outreach to see if they will be more than happy to like work with us. I'm always looking for their engagement rate and just like how many people are actually engaging with your content versus how many followers you have. Because somebody who has 150,000 followers, they might have an engagement rate of less than a percent. Whereas somebody who has maybe like 10 to 20,000, they their engagement rate might be three to five percent. A huge pro tip here if you are working with creators too is to look at what kind of content you want them to be creating to align with your brand and seeing the engagement on that specific kind of content. Because yep. I do hate that people look at engagement rate overall because like that's also including like say sales content and stuff. And so naturally that's going to nuke views. And so Absolutely. if that's if that's like that benefits the the brand because it brings down your the creator's engagement rate. But it, so it can get you some cheap ad rates if you are a brand and if you're a creator like think of this stuff and, and make sure to incorporate that when people are working with you the fact that like engagement rate is very relevant to the topic the subject matter and like, what you're going to say about it yeah and also if you're re reaching out to content creators and working with content creators make sure that you actually al they align with you mm -hmm. there's so many people that i've worked with or just like even our friends who are content creators who've had brands reach out to them but just because they have like a certain amount of followers instead of them like actually aligning one-on-one -on -one and it making sense. So I think that's another thing people forget about. Yeah, depth and, and real connection to your brand and, and alignment makes so much more sense than sheer exposure. Unless like the only exception would be is if you're a super generalist brand. Besides that, like, yeah. don't, ever, <laughs> don't ever do that. It's just wasted money. And then one other thing that I want to absolutely stress is it's not 
specific to YouTube, but it definitely matters on YouTube is brands waste so much money trying to force the creative process. If you spend any money working with creators, let them do their thing. They're the creator. Let them create. <laughs> I don't understand. And I've had this where I've had briefs come in and they're like, this, 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 this. I'm like, you are no. an idiot because now like I built my audience doing these things that they know and come to expect from me. And you're now asking me to do something completely different. Obviously, it's not going to work the same. So right. that's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to brands in general. So don't make that mistake. Let them create. That's what they do. Yeah. Trust the people that you're reaching out to. Yeah. It's like one of those things where people pay for consultants and then don't take the advice. It's like, yeah. All right, my guy. <laughs> do your thing. I'll take, yeah, I'll take the money. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And I've had that happen as well. But that's, there's that. And then the other things I have my list here, they talked about a few specific platform consumption things. So recently, a year or two ago, they removed the dislike number. So like you can't see how many people have yeah. disliked the video, which I thought was an okay change. And so the question was, would that ever go as far as to hide views, right? Because mm. when you think about people clicking on a video, yes, they look at the title and thumbnail, but also there's a degree of social proof based on how many views it has. And so Correct. if that number is there and it's high, it dramatically increases how many people are going to click that video. Mm. So it is kind of like... When it's voiced like that, you could see why you may remove it, but they said they're very unlikely to do that. I, I'm trying to think. I personally don't think I would want that removed, and I'm not sure why I'm thinking that way. I, As a YouTube creator, I would love for that to be moved, moved mm. because then that makes the click pure merit-based, based, yeah. right? Like, whereas it's so hard to break through initially because think about it. If no one wants to be the 10th viewer, on a video with nine That's views. Yeah. So there's some amazing content that doesn't get pushed, even with a great title and thumbnail, because you have to get out of that, what I call the YouTube sandbox, which usually yeah. takes months of posting, unless you hit a nerve of like the perfect timing with a certain piece of content. Well, and it's even true, like outside of YouTube, like on TikTok, when I have a TikTok video that pops up and I see that there's only like 26 people who liked it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna be good content. And it could be somebody who's like super famous and I'm just like really early to the video, but I still am like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, I, I, I get it completely. And I think that that's, I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff starts, stops being so shown, but I guess there's a purpose behind it. Obviously social proof is massive, but I would love to be able to see how that would impact things. Yeah. And even... I've noticed on reels recently, I've noticed that they're not showing the number of likes that a certain video is getting. And now that we're talking about this, and I'm thinking about it. I do spend more time on those videos because I'm not overthinking how many other, how many other people have seen it. Yeah. People really underestimate how much the importance of other people's opinions matter to their decision. Like it, it matters so much. I've seen so many social experiments where People go into a group setting and then they get someone to do something crazy just because the group did it. Yeah. Like, did you ever see the example when they went into the the dental office? No. And so what they did is they went into de the dental office and then there was one, everyone was a paid actor besides one person. And so every so often someone would like tap a bell and everyone would stand up, but no one said anything to the person. They all stood up. Like all of the test subjects stood up as soon as they saw everyone else do it. They didn't even ask why they just did it. That's it's like some of us want to be so unique, but then once we're together, we're all sheep. There are so few people that would have the, and that test was like done on dozens and dozens of people and none of them yeah. asked the question. I like to think that I would ask the question, but probably I, I wouldn't. Would not. I, I think I would be like, 
I, I probably, I think I would stand up and be like, Hey mate, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. like that, that'd probably be the extent of it. But so like, that's why it goes to show you that's a real world example of how much this stuff matters. But they said that they're unlikely to take that away. Okay. Good to know. Other thing that I'll go over is that a lot of people's big complaint with YouTube comes to the comment section because it, mm. it is a cesspool of horrible spam comments, comments <laughs> people trying to rip you off, like scammers. It's insane. It sucks. I used to love the YouTube comment section, but their filtration system has become so bad that it's, it's lost a lot of its cachet. So they're, they're actively trying to solve that. That's another one of their big troubleshooting problems they're trying to work through. Did they say how they're going to try to troubleshoot this? So they've said that they're working on a bunch of solutions. It was very political again. It was like yeah. it's like what your local politician <laughs> says. They're working on the problem. Yeah. Okay, we're doing it. Okay, homie, like, what, what does that mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's something that they're at least aware of the problem. Pretty hard not to be. Go to any video and it's there. Yeah. And it's always pushing some product or whatever, but they are working to solve that. And hopefully AI could maybe be a solution to that. Yeah. And I think that's something similar to what Instagram has said recently, or at least Zuckerberg has mentioned, especially with, I don't know if you've noticed this on your own accounts, but on our Flick account and my own personal accounts, the amount of spam comments and spam DMs that we've been getting is just out of control. Yeah, it's madness. And a lot of it comes down to that Instagram still has these tools to automate messages, right? And so... It's violating terms of service to do that in like a cold way. But the, since these tools exist that are allowed to exist with like a prompt, that's why so many creators are now leveraging the comment this word and I'll send you that. It's because yeah. these chatbots now exist and are very easy to use and program to send this stuff and capture your, your email. So that's why so many help or advice content is just <laughs> a way to get your email now yeah. because of these bots. Absolutely. And so that's probably speaking to why that problem can exist. Right. No, that's for sure. You said that you had some tips for anybody on who's maybe trying YouTube for the first time or going to be experimenting with YouTube for the first time this year. What's some, what are some tips that you think people should follow in 2024? So I think my advice hasn't changed all that much. Uh, it, I think the biggest thing is understanding what your goal is with YouTube. I think a lot of the problem with YouTube advice is YouTube's probably the most nuanced platform there is out there because of all their different traffic sources and how people find content. So your, the advice that matters for you is so specific on your goals. And so I usually categorize into two major, major categories with nuance in between those. But the biggest one is like, do you want to be a career creator? Because if that's the case, you really don't want to put yourself in too much of a niche box because yeah. you can't. And I, I did this myself personally. When I was only talking about social media marketing, it was great for my business, but creatively it was pretty draining. And I couldn't expand the scope of my content anywhere beyond the transactional nature of my advice. And so if you were, yeah. if you were running an existing business, that's fantastic. Keep doing that. It's going to work great for your business. It brought in so many leads for my business and, it, and it's why I have the business I do today. So I think understanding your goal really, really matters. And if you do want to be a career creator, you need to understand that success is going to be so much slower because it's not hyper-targeted like a specific business would be or a niche-based channel. But the payoff is a lot more freedom in the end and potentially a larger scale because it's it's the person that they're getting attached to, not necessarily the exact video or the even the subject matter per se. And that's actually a little teaser for a YouTube video we have coming out. I had, I had completely filmed it, but it's, uh, I'm going to have to refilm it now. But yeah, because we lost the footage. But it's basically exactly about this subject of how to become your niche. So I think that's, that's what I would say is that 
don't take advice that doesn't pertain to your situation. And I think a lot of people say they want to be career creators, but then they're consuming YouTube advice that's really specific to the business growth YouTube yes. advice. Yeah. And do you think it's still possible to start a YouTube account for the first time this year and actually grow an audience? 1000%. I, don't, I would argue it's yeah. never been easier because of the amount of resources that are out there and how much is still horrendous. Like the reason why far more people are creating TikTok content and Instagram is far more competitive is because the barrier to entry has gotten lower and lower and lower and lower with titles and thumbnails and the understanding of how to target videos based on demand. There's a lot more that goes into creating YouTube. So you're just competing against so many less people. And even the people mm -hmm. in your competition, most of them are going to be very bad. So if you even become remotely competent at YouTube, you're going to win. And if you work with someone that knows what they're talking about, you're going to dominate. So yes, a hundred percent. If you are someone that sells a service or something, something expensive and you're not using YouTube, you're be, you're very silly. And you need to start using it ASAP Rocky. I think it should be your primary platform. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. And, and Flix, I've been told that Flix scheduler is soon going to have the ability to schedule YouTube content. And that's something yes. I'm very much looking forward to. You'll be able to create content from start to finish, schedule to YouTube. You can even put use our AI and help you write your little caption and video titles and all of that, all from one single platform. That's what we do. Plug. That's what we do. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, yeah, give it a try. And uh, the, you, that recent update that we just did with the caption builder, builder and everything, uh, sorry, the, the, ability to build, the ability to build the carousels quickly, I think that's a game changer. Yes, absolutely. Well, do you have any other hot tips for anybody? I guess on YouTube specifically, it would be understand what I call... The, the, the triangle of importance when it comes to YouTube. It's, and at the top, I would put the topic. The topic matters so much. People always say title and thumbnail, but you can't get a good title and thumbnail without a good topic. So yeah. I'd, I'd put that at the tip. Oh, <laughs> what's going on? I've been seeing <laughs> that pop up. I, I don't know what So was. if you're just listening on the platform we're recording on, it's randomly popping up emojis. I guess based on what I'm doing with my hands, I, I move my hands a lot when I speak. So it's been creating these things. So, so I'll make the triangle again. Maybe the hearts will come back. But so the top is is the concept. So like the majority of your your time and effort should actually be put into these three things that you do before you even film. Okay, so the top is the concept. And then the bottom, probably guessed it, is the title and thumbnail. And they all want to feed cohesively together. And then in the middle would be like the first 45 seconds of that. Like this is where 95% of YouTube success is attained. And it's funny because it's where people put the smallest amount of time and attention. So if you're wondering why, and if you've been doing YouTube for a long time and you're wondering why you're not breaking through, it's because you're not focusing on this stuff nearly enough. And so you either need to capture the skills yourself, invest a lot of time to learning this, or work with someone who knows it to expedite that and make sure it happens. There you go. I love it. Um, that is all that we were going to talk about today. If you liked what Ben was saying and you want to hear more of it, please go check out our YouTube channel where he dives really, really deep into 40 minutes deep into the actual interview with the head of YouTube. He breaks it down really well and kind of gives you some tips and just overall his insight into what the head of YouTube was saying. Before we go, do you have a flick feature this week? So two things on that video where we summarized it, the full length interview, I believe is over an hour and we got it down to under 25 ish minutes with my commentary and advice. So Definitely, if you're interested in this stuff, go check that out. It's, it's linked in this. 
And our feature for this week is someone who I've been consuming a ton of their content. And I think the biggest takeaway from this person is the ability to find clarity with content and creation, which I have found that mm. that's the most difficult part for any creative person. So you have so many ideas. How do you structure that into an environment where they actually get put out into the universe and people can benefit from them? And that person is Dan Coe, D-A-N-K-O-E. He's a phenomenal follow on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. And I'm a massive fan of his. He is incredibly well-spoken. And he. what I love about him, though, too, is he goes back to the source of where it all begins. He's a huge advocate for writing because when you think about it, if you become a great writer, much like Mackenzie knows because she is a great writer, <laughs> you become good at every other aspect of content creation, right? Mm -hmm. A great writer can write a great YouTube script. A great writer can make, write an amazing tweet. That great tweet can turn into a TikTok or that great thread can turn into a YouTube video, right? So like all of these things really do come from the foundation of writing and the ability to structure uh, a process of generating ideas and then organizing them into concepts and then actually making it happen. Absolutely. Love that. And if you love this episode as much as we enjoyed talking to each other, because that's what we like to do on this podcast. That's it. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. And that's what we want. We want more listeners and we want to give more great advice like we do every single week. Also, please follow us over on social media. We are on TikTok. We are on Instagram. We are on X. We are on YouTube. And that is all under at flick.social. So go find us over there. Ben, do you have anything else to plug? It would just be the show in general. So if you have a friend that's in the industry, I know a lot of people, they don't know like what like they don't have stuff to talk about that much send send them the show then you guys can always talk yes. about the subjects that we're discussing so <laughs> if there's someone that you're at your business or a friend that you know works in the same marketing and social media industry send it with them we're, we're always happy to build this community we'd love to hear from you over on instagram so if you ever have topics you want covered things that you want across our different social platforms we're incredibly interactive there so send us a message uh, and we'll we'll make it happen absolutely all right well we will talk to you all in two weeks Bye. Peace.